Lord, we thank you for allowing us into your presence again this evening. Father, tonight I'd like to speak about an interesting subject, and it's it's one that, um, Lord, it's about sins, but it's one that we probably don't quite understand. And I would like to discuss it, dear Lord, because it's very interesting. I believe it's interesting. And I pray that the people will find it interesting and understand what we must do because we have an issue that we don't want to recognize. And you've done something fantastic for us that we don't recognize is what you're trying to get us to recognize. That sounds like a circle. <laughs> but what it is is you've got a goal for us that we don't accept. We don't recognize it, and we don't try to overcome it. And, Lord, it's a very key thing that we must overcome. And I pray, Lord, that we will truly grab a hold of it, because in the end, we have to. We are that generation that's required to overcome it. And I pray that we will understand it. And, Lord, I pray that you will bless us enough to understand it. Let me just say um, just read a scripture, and I think that we'll grab a hold of it because it's very interesting to us. I believe it should be interesting to us. And Lord, I pray that we will be able to accomplish what you said in this. It's really simple verses. It's Revelation 15, 1 and 2. It says, Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the last seven plagues, having the seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name. <clears throat> and we need to, and they were standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God. We have to have victory over the beast, meaning we have to come out from the world, because the world is the beast kingdom. We have to have victory over that, over that beast, and, and turn to the light. In other words, see evil and turn to the good and not not the beast, the way of darkness. And over his image, if we walk in his way, we're walking in the ways of his words. That's the ways of his wisdom. And we have to have victory over his mark, which is his understanding, which is the produce, the, the uh, fruit that he produces, the evil that he produces. So again, that's the way of the third spirit. So we see now the way of the first spirit, the way of the second spirit, the way of his third spirit, of the evil spirit the spirit of error, and over the number of his name, which means his name is the words and the measure of his words. The number is he's only allowed to do these things for a given time, and if we don't overcome that, we will be destroyed with it. That's the way of the council of the dragon. So when we look at verses Revelation 15 2, we're looking at overcoming the way of the spirit of error. The four, four spirits of error, the way of, you know, the devil does everything in the ways of God in reverse. And so his first spirit is to lead us in darkness and keep us in darkness. Second one is give us false words. The admiralty law and the divinity law of the Vatican, the secret divinity law, not the one that they tell everybody and worship Catholic Catholicism, which is wrong, but still they have a different law that is secret only for the elite. And under that law, they can't be sued, they can't have any wrong, and they have rights to the property of everyone else. They steal the property. They justify this under the concept of, you know, when Jacob took the blessing from Esau, they think that they could steal it because if the people aren't worthy, then they have the right to steal what those people have. That's wrong, but that's their concept. That is the way I have had that even explained to me by people from the crown trust system and the Knights of Templar. They believe this, so they have the right, and then they produce the fruit, which to them is, you know, it's their mark, which is their merchant system. 
They believe that they can trade in our souls because we're loving as dead estates. We're too dumb to understand their way, so they trade in our souls. We have to overcome that. We have to wake up and realize these things are going on. We've got to wake up and realize that we are not even citizens of the states that we live in. We're actually citizens of the District of Columbia. We don't even have a right to vote. They just have us go vote. It's all a lie. But our vote doesn't count, actually. They put whoever they want in, and they manipulate the votes. They even manipulate the Electoral College. Don't kid yourself. I mean, in meetings where they, they know ahead of time who's going to be elected, because they've all scheduled this. They trained the people. They brought up the puppets. And those that come against them, they give a hard time. Ask Ross Perot. If he's tell you the truth, he'll tell you about it. But he's made a lot of money about that, and they've threatened his family. So I don't think he'll tell the truth. But if he does, you'll have an interesting story. And then we have to overcome the measure, or his name. The name is always the work they're given to do and understand that his name is he's going to perdition. Read Revelation 12. He has a fixed time and he's done. He's going to go into perdition for a thousand years and at the end he's going to be let loose for three and a half years and then he's going to be cast out forever. So those who follow him are going to follow that path. They're going to their destruction. But that's the way of his four spirit, which is his counsel. You notice he will not come up against the counsel of the Lord. He tests the Lord three times and runs. He doesn't want to receive the counsel of the Lord because the counsel of the Lord is, once he speaks the words, it's forever. That's why the demons ask, oh, you're not going to cast us out, are you? Please don't do that. It's not our time yet. So see, they, they fear the counsel of the Lord. They fear him speaking the word because if, they, if he speaks that word, it's done. It's finished. Satan has no truth in him, has no power to overcome truth. Okay. That just gives you an idea that there's something that we don't understand. We have to overcome the, the, the dragon at this time and his words and his, his four ways, his evil spirit and the spirit of error. Now, let's go look at something in Daniel 9, uh, 24. I want to point this out, too, and then we'll begin to look at something all the way back from Abraham, which will tell us something. And even before Abraham, we're going to go back to time at, at the flood of Noah in Genesis 8 and then in Genesis 15. There's two verses there that are kind of interesting that affect what I'm trying to tell you. And then we're going to look at something in Job that tells us the same. Very interesting story. In Daniel 9, 22 to 24, in verse 24, it says, Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. Holy city. In other words, city that the people who turn to holiness. It says they must finish the transgression. They must make an end of sins to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy. Now consider, I just read you the prophecy of Revelation 15, which tells you they overcome the beast and they overcome the measure. In other words, they actually understand that the devil has an end. And it, there was a fixed times and you will not overcome the Lord and that God's spirit is higher than his. That's the message of Revelation 15, 1 to 2. And that is what we're seeing here in Daniel 9, 24. But we go about our days like no work is to be done yet and we're all ready. And people are saying, oh, we got to build a temple now. The people in Israel are saying they got to build a temple now. But they're not able to build a temple. They're not holy. This is for your holy city. They think they're holy, but they have not received the spirit of truth in them that makes known his words, or they'd be speaking and doing the ways of his words. John 14, 15 and 17 says, if we are of the world, it cannot enter us, and we cannot make a holy city and complete this task of Daniel 9, 24 until we become holy. And we become holy when we receive in us the words that are holy because they are filled with the full measure of the Spirit of God, John 3.34. And we have to have the light in us. The entrance of his words gives light and gives understanding to the simple, but the house of Israel has rejected his words. They rejected the Christ, and now they've rejected the words now, and they're looking for a Messiah to come. He already came, made the words known. Now he's speaking and calling them out. The Father's been calling them out for this whole time, for 14 years now. 
But we have to finish the transgression. What is that transgression? Do we really know? Finish the transgression. That is a problem that we don't seem to un understand. To make an end of sins and to make a reconciliation for our iniquity. Iniquity is the sins we've done and the sins are the things that we're doing that are not right or not holy and not worshiping God. They go hand in hand. To make an end of the transgression, you have to make an end of the sins. And the Lord warns us also we should make reconciliation for the iniquity. I told you about a scripture where you know seven women are going to come to a man and stuff to um, make, a, make a amends, reconciliation. For in other words, to end the reproach to, means to make reconciliation for their iniquity. See. We have not lived in the way of the words of God. We have not put on the righteous acts of the saints. We have to do that to complete Daniel 9.24 so that we can bring in everlasting righteousness. And remember that in John 5.24 it says there that if we hear the word of the Lord, in other words the voice of the Lord, which is discerning his words, and uh, believe in the promises of the Father, we will have everlasting life. Everlasting life, and we'll pass through these judgments. But how do we do that? We do that through, when we have everlasting life, we must live that way. That's everlasting righteousness, because God is coming as the Son of Righteousness. And therefore, we have to do the ways of the words of God, which is what they're doing in Revelation 9, 1 to 11, which is the uh, 1 to 10, which he's talking about there is the great supper that's going to be here on earth. Many people think, oh, we're going to heaven and have that supper. There's a banquet in heaven. But there's a work that we have to do right now that's eating the food of the kingdom that is the words of God. Because that is what glorifies the Lord and brings forth and completes Daniel 9.24. So you got this great supper of the Lord in Luke 14.15-24, which is this one. And there is a banquet in heaven. God has shown many visions of the banquet rooms ready for his people with the crowns and everything. They'll be up there having that while darkness is on the earth during the time of the Antichrist. But right now we have a work to do that we must complete before we can be raptured. Because he's coming for a bride who's spotless and who's made a sacrifice for him. We are not making the sacrifice that he desires as I've talked about in the last week or so in the messages. So we must complete this. But we must make and finish the transgression. What is our transgression? We go back to Genesis 8, we'll see it. It is an attitude, it's in our heart. And the transgression that we've made is our traditional transgression that we keep doing over and over and over again as a people. As a people, we keep doing the same thing over again. And this is what the Lord says. When the Lord had killed everybody on earth and cursed the earth and all that things, and he took Noah and him, lifted him up in the ark off the earth, the flood was on the earth for the year and so on. What he says here afterwards, he says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a, smoothing, a soothing aroma. And the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Notice he didn't say spring or fall. Winter and summer. Winter is time of correction. Summer is a time of harvest. In other words, the Lord is saying that we're going to continually fail because our heart is evil from our youth. Our heart is evil from our youth, and therefore the Lord says cold and heat, winter and summer, seed time and harvest. What he's talking about is the Lord knows we're going to continuously fail until we turn. If we Turn, as he says in Proverbs 1.23, he will pour out his spirit upon us and cause us to know his words, which we've never done as a people. At Mount Sinai, 
the Israelites rejected his word. They would not receive it in their hearts. They wanted him to give it through a man, which the only way to give it through a man is basically put it on the tablets and let him show it to them. Had to write it down because it's not coming from God. The spirit of God is always trying to talk to our hearts, but the spirit of truth cannot enter us that we set ourselves apart from the world. John 14, 15 to 17. Our problem is we do not see that our heart is evil. Our heart is evil. And God is trying to come at this time to write his words in our heart, to circumcise our heart so that we don't have to have constitutions, don't have to have anything because God himself will teach us the way if we allow him to receive his words in our heart and cause us. And you will know even from other people doing good for you so that you are blessed continuously and God continues to keep you. And you continue to bless others so God causes others to bless you because everybody has a heart to build the kingdom. Our heart is evil, meaning it's self-centered. Our idea is our own position, our own thing. We don't allow God to raise us up. We want to push it. We want to declare it. We want to make everybody else know it. God will put you where you be because they will see the truth. God will not fail to raise up the people even when it looks impossible. We see this in Abram. Here's Abram, one man. One man. After losing Lot and all this stuff, he's, he's by himself. What the Lord does for him is this. In Genesis 15, 12 to 16, he says, Now when the sun was going down, a deep feet fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Horror and great darkness fell upon him. And then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them for four, afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterward they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. We're basically in what you would call the fourth generation of America, fourth generation of this harlot, when the, you know, the crowd of England declared themselves the Holy Roman Empress, Emperor and Empress and so on, are basically into the fourth generation of this. And the Lord is getting ready to return us into the kingdom. What I'm showing you here is, remember what he said, cold and heat, winter and summer? What he's saying to, to Abram is very interesting. What he's saying is, he's already told him, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to do this thing for you. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to bless you. Your seed is going to be great. All these things God is going to do. But here we see the problem that we see in Genesis 8. Man's heart is evil from his youth. God says, no, certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs. In other words, they put themselves there. They committed sins that got them there. Do you remember when Jacob was blessing his sons and he's talking to Simeon and Levi? And he says to them, you've hung, hamstrung an ox. In other words, you hamstrung the teacher. They'd been cast into, they, they were chased out of Shechem. They then sold their brother into captivity. And that's how they got down to Egypt. God turned that around for them, but they did sins. And he turned it around. They could have not had to go down to Egypt, but the Lord is telling them they're going to do this by their own evil ways. We of this day, the Lord says, we brought this harlot on ourselves. From the very beginning of America, we praised George Washington and all these people. But their hearts were evil from the beginning. They had a Masonic order. They 
twisted the, the Constitution they got us all to believe in, but you don't see the Bill of Rights written the way it should be and incorporated in the way it should be. Then they started trading on our, on our birth certificates and everything else that we don't understand. In the 1870s, they put in a totally corrupt uh, compact. Instead of a constitution, it's not a constitution, it's a compact. And people don't understand. We've just allowed all this to continually uh, dissolve into evil, generation upon generation. Our parents and their parents and their parents all went with this. We fought this war for what reason, the Revolutionary War? We fought World War I for what reason? We fought the Spanish-American War. What reasons? You know, we, we understand at the end of the day, this was all bringing about this one world order of Satan. And it's very interesting what the Lord says. But for the fourth generation, they will, shall return here for the iniquity of their Amorites is not yet complete. Do you understand? I mean, most people don't understand what the Amorites are. The Amorites, you know, the, the people don't really understand where they came from even. Most people, if you look at the Amorite meaning, they look at their word Amor and they think it's love. Well, it is. They love the devil. What it means is this. It's the meaning of the word Amorite is to be talkers. Talkers. By words, they deceive the world. By admiralty law, which is based upon false words, they've deceived the world and they sign secret agreements like the law of the sea treaty that all the leaders of the nation signed that gave away their citizens' this property to be killed and owned by the system so they could bring about the new world order. Our leaders have all done that. That's why the Lord tells us in Revelation 18, 1-4, of all the nations, I don't care if you're Saudi Arabia, if, if you're Ethiopia, if you're any of these nations, your leaders have deceived you and they're trying to kill you. They're sending all these immigrants all over the world to create evil, but in the end, they're going to kill them all. You have a sentence of death upon you just by being these immigrants. I've told you that the Catholic Church itself, the, the Vatican, is sitting on so much wealth that is hidden, thousands of trillions of dollars, that they could solve the world's wealth problem or the, the poor immediately. Immediately. But they will not do it. Greed of a few elite. They want to capture everything to themselves. This is the evil that's in the heart. This constantly. They're building the pyramid that they want to chop off all the bottom and just keep the elite. And they just want enough slaves to be able to workers for them to do the work in the fields. But, you know, even if you read the Sustainable Earth Program, you'll see something. They want to separate the men from the women, have men's cities and women's cities, and you have to have an appointment to go see a woman to go see a husband or wife or even be allowed to be married, and the children are kept separate from the mothers. They're going to put them in another place. This is the way of the future of the, the Queen's world, international world order, no matter what they're telling you. The Lord says they're going to kill nearly all flesh, Matthew 24, 21 to 22, and Mark 13, 19 to 20. But we don't want to believe it. See, our problem is our hearts are evil. And we don't understand that we need the words of God not written in a constitution, not written in the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are good. But the Lord's desire is that his words are written in our heart because his words are the law. Psalms 119, 160. And read what he's saying in Deuteronomy 11, uh, 18 to 21. If you want to have increased life, you teach his words every evening. And your years will be added to you. And blessings will be added to you. But if you want to get back into the likeness of the Garden of Eden, we have to receive the words. Because he says, if we don't have his words, we don't love him. We can't enter into his garden or even have a right to bring it forth on the earth until we do that. So we don't understand our problem is that we've repeated the sin over and over again. And if you read carefully the law of knowledge, you see this. The Lord says this in Isaiah 28, 9 to 19. He's telling us the law of knowledge. It says, whom will he teach knowledge? Whom and whom will he make to understand the message? Those just weaned from milk? Those just drawn from the breast? 
For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest which you may cause the weary to rest. The rest is the words of God. Learn the ways of the words, in the ways of the seven spirits that he did him in creation on the Sabbath. That was what he did. He rested and looked at the works he had done. How did he do them? By the way of the words and by the way of the spirits. He's telling us this is what we must learn, and we must want to put that in our heart. This is the refreshing. This is the new covenant. He's going to write it in our heart so we don't have darkness in there and no desire for it because if the words are in there and we understand the great promises that they enable and that all provision is given and everything you desire will be done for you, as he says in John 15, 7, which is what he's talking about here. That's the refreshing. If you follow in my way, abide in my way, and abide in my words, follow my ways of my words, speak and do them in the way of the seven spirits and in the way of the eternal plan of God, you will have what you desire. That's the refreshing. That's the strength of God. That's the power of God. It's the authority of God. It's a little God. It's a son of God. That's what I'm saying. You're under the Lord and he will guide you and have you speak and do things with might and power. And Satan has no power over you. You've overcome all his ways of his four evil spirits. Yet they would not hear because their hearts were always evil. And that's the transgression that we must overcome. We must hear, discern the words and desire him to write them on our heart so that we have the power and the knowledge and understanding to overcome the evil. And remember he said in James 5, 19 and 20, that it doesn't matter what sin you have. If you bring others to the knowledge of truth, you will cover a multitude of sins, theirs and yours. And he tells us the promise in Joel 2, 32, it doesn't matter what you've done. If you in this day will call upon his name, which is the word of God, Revelation 19, 11 and 13, he will deliver you. He's going to restore what the evil one has stolen. He says that multiple times in the scriptures. Now it goes on. He says, but the word of the Lord was to them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they may go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught. This is what we're talking about. This is why we had the Tower of Babel. This is why we had the captivity in Egypt. This is why we have the, the sin of the Holocaust and many others all through history, the great plagues and all these things that have come upon us. And this is why we have Babylon of this day, the fifth beast kingdom that's prepared to create global genocide, Matthew 24, 19, or 20, 21 to 22, and Mark 13, 19 to 20. They're prepared to do global genocide, but if we will turn and hear what he says and come out and hear his words and put them in our heart and ask him to put them in our heart, then we won't be fall backwards anymore because we'll overcome. We will have put an end to transgression, which is these troubles that we constantly see because we bring them on ourselves because we will not hear. If we will hear and turn, we will end these transgressions. We will end this. Remember what he says in Joel 2, 12 to 20? He will drive the northern army far away from us. And then he's also going to give us, he said, new oil and give us new wine. He'll give us oil, not new, but he's going to give us the oil of knowledge of the kingdom that's been always there. But new wine, meaning a new heart, a new understanding, and a new way that we've been going. It's like he gave... Uh, Jacob, when Jacob fully understood, he gave him a new wine, a new name, a new work. He became a governor of God because he had the right to go the words, and then his sons messed it up. They did the thing with Chechem, and then they set Joseph into captivity, but God used all that for good because he did what he promised to do back in Genesis 8. He says, I will never again destroy every living thing as I have. Because I will cause seed time and harvest. He's the sower. He'll sow the word and he'll harvest it. But we will go forward and we will stumble and fall. He brought the Lord into the earth and we killed him. He brought the disciples into the earth and we killed them. We gave, he gave them the words and they went out to try to teach them and they lost it. And then now he's opened the words again and we're rejecting it. We've got cold and heat. Heat is wrath of God which comes upon punishment. He has to punish us because we, we give correction. He has to give correction. 
And then he warms us up with the south wind, which is a blessing to deliver us. But then we stumble again, and we go right back to the problem. He always keeps delivering the people. It's repeating over and over. That's why we have the, the, the um, escape from Egypt. He came and did what he said he would do. Now he's going to do it again. Jeremiah 16 tells us, 15 to 18 tells us he's going to do it again. He's going to bring us out. Even though we're not worthy, as he says in Ezekiel 36, he's not doing it for the people. He's doing it for his great name because of the promise he made back in Genesis 8 that he will give us winter and summer. He'll give us correction and a harvest. If we receive the correction, he will harvest us. In this day, the only correction that we must get is because there comes an end to sowing. Remember that he says a warning in Isaiah 28, right after he gave us the law of knowledge. He says, give ear and hear my voice. Listen and hear my speech. Does the plowman keep plowing all day to sow? Does he keep turning his soil and breaking the clods? When he is leveled in the surface, does he not sow black covenant and scatter the covenant, plant the wheat in rows, the barley in the pointed place, and the spelt in its place? For he instructs him in right judgment. His God reaches him, teaches him. God has brought a time right now that he's going to pull forth a harvest. He promised he will do that in this day. Habakkuk 2.14, Isaiah 11 and 9. There is a group of people he's going to cause to receive the knowledge of the word, and he's going to write their words on a heart, and then he's going to rapture them because he's going to build the kingdom in at this time because he's going to fulfill the word. He's done sowing. It's ended. That time is at end. The sowing is at end. Now he's harvesting. The time of correction was the winter and the summer is coming. We've got the spring right now to wake up and realize we must get this word and have a revival and do what it says in Joel 2, 12 to 20. Because we are going to have an opportunity to be fishermen, to go forth and bring forth the word out of those that's going to make error. And hopefully some of those will be set apart before it's too late. Because he's going to harvest the people in the summer. He says, you must gather your food. Why is that in the summer for us that's important? What I read in Revelation 15, 1 and 2. In the summertime this year, we must overcome the beast. We must harvest. What is the harvest? Put an end to transgression. We must put an end to the beast, to, to following the beast. We must put an end uh, to his image. We must put an end to his mark, his way of merchandising, and a way of his name, the measurement of his name. We must do that if we want to be raptured. Remember that the mark of the beast, the one that's the tattoo that he's going to talk about in the time of the Antichrist, because it is a tattoo. He says it's a tattoo. It's the way he describes it. It's put on the skin. I was in a meeting one time with uh, a famous LCD uh, inventor, the guy that came up with polymer liquid crystal and all this. And he stopped his uh, meeting and he, he looked at me. He said, do you know? He was looking and talking directly to me in front of these other scientists. And he was saying to them, do you know that the reason you don't see the blood is red is because the, it's reflecting the light? In other words, he's saying it, it's a polymer crystal. In other words, it can have data written in it. In other words, on the skin, they can write the code without ever changing. In other words, it marks us. It doesn't even have to show, but the scanners will see it. It's like a, a, a mark, an invisible mark would be there. You might be able to see it slightly, but it doesn't have to be. It, it can be in the tissues of the skin and the layers of the skin, and it'll be able to be read by the barcode scanner. They don't need a chip. And they've already made the, the barcode scan, and everybody knows that the basic law of the barcode is they're using 666 as the dividers in the barcode scanning device. It just ended up that way because it... Is the number that they included all the works, which is also very interesting because the sixth spirit is the knowledge of the works. And that's what they consider the works. So they're going to charge us for everything in the market of the thing. And we don't want that in us. That's going to be at the time of the Antichrist. If you're with God, you don't have to worry about that. You won't be here in his time. It's not the chip that they're trying to put in people and do things. Yes, they can do that, but that's not going to be the problem. Right now, the problem is we must overcome the transgressions. We must anoint him as king because this is the appointed time. All this must be accomplished before the Antichrist comes forward, before the two witnesses come that the Antichrist will kill. And right now, we're in the time of the people. See, he's already removed the power of this 50s kingdom. They don't have authority to reign even though they are. 
They're going to bring forth this war and everything else, but the Spirit of God is going to shake the people. And remember the earthquake he's been talking about is the earthquake of Uzziah, king of Uzziah. That was a plague. He caused the earth to be stirred up, and those that were arrogant, those that thought they knew more than God, were too bright. For example, he was a king that wanted to go into the temple and issue his, um, his own uh, incense and so forth. God struck him just like he did two sons of Aaron, and he, and he gave him plagues. And he lived for 15 years after that, but he had the plagues of this Caesarea, these terrible plagues, and they separated him from the people, and he stayed away from the people in a villa for all that time. Now, the same thing's going to happen. This time he's going to give them a plague that is going to be upon them for a period of time that God has appointed. Many are going to die. He says one-fourth are going to be afflicted. I, I could be dead. Uh, that's a lot of people, but that's what's going to happen in these times. He's going to make known his presence at this time, and those that are wicked, totally wicked, are going to have problems. Many are going to die. The war is going to create death everywhere. Rapes, pillage, everything. But his people can be protected by the word and gather together in the word. And the word will keep people from the houses. If the people gather together and come in the way of truth. Because it's a time. But we've waited a long time and it may be too late. But I believe we still have a time here for a harvest. Because God is a God of great mercy as it says in Joel 2, 12 to 20, that if we do what it says there, even though it's in the morning and it's already been judged us, and we're all caught in the snare, which he tells us that the snare is, we're in the way of this transgression. We don't see our sins and we allow the world to put us in us trouble. The Holocaust and all that is good examples of it. The, the Jews killed in Russia are good examples of it. The people in Poland that were killed, good examples of it. The wars that are going on right now, good example of it. I mean, the people being driven out of their homes throughout the Middle East promised that they can come and do whatever they want in these countries. But God's, you know, they're not going to allow that. They're going to use that to kill them and cause them to war. And you see today, I mean, how crazy is it that our nation's leader is telling China that time's up on North Korea and that they're moving all these tanks and everything in, in position to strike Beirut? Why? I mean, not Beirut, but um, Damascus. Scripture is going to be fulfilled because the Lord did it in Egypt. The same thing. It just keeps being fulfilled over and over again because we put this on ourselves. God didn't do it. He's going to deliver us. He also says he's going to cause them to hand over uh, double payment for what they've done and double payment for what they uh, plan to do. He's going to cause them to turn over wealth to us because they owe it really. I mean, look at all these sins of Egypt. They did this to all the people. They killed their firstborn. They did all these things. And his people be rewarded. Well, the same he promises in this time. His people who set themselves apart by truth are going to be rewarded again because they've done much evil. They've done monstrous things. They've destroyed the, the health of the people and so forth. They destroyed the earth. They've destroyed our nutritional value of food since 1948 on intentionally. It was intentionally done. As I've explained, it was in meetings where they admitted to this. So... This is the answer that I believe we need to understand. Now, there's one other thing I mentioned last night uh, about the, the queen. And I, I've told you about the sin of the Amorites. The sin of the Amorites is the talking. And remember, in Revelation 12, 15 to 17, that's what this is all about. It's the words of the dragon. The flood of the mouth of the dragon is the words of the dragon and the deceit by the, which they've done the merchant system, the law system. You know, everybody thinks it's common court and they call it, although argue with you and fight with you, it's common law. It's absolutely a lie. It's all and been proven. It's contract law. And contract law is merchant law. And merchant law of the sea is admiralty law because the admiralty, the military, backs up their false law system. And then beyond that, they have a secret divinity law which says that they're living people and we are not. All the population of the world, the vast majority of it except for the elite, are considered as dead states. That was even in our tax code that when they talk about youth are to be listed as a dead estate. The IRS tax code law. I mean, it's right there in front of people. And even in Illinois, they had it showed in the statutes that they're responsible to the crown, not to Washington, D.C., to the crown, the crown of England. How, I mean, the crown trust of England they're responsible to. 
it's not England and the country because the city of London, they call it the square mile, is a separate sovereign nation, just like Washington, D.C. isn't part of America. It's actually a separate sovereign nation, as is the Vatican and Rome. Those are the three places can totally controlled by the Crown Trust. And I believe they set up similar places in China and Russia, but people don't know it yet. Anyway, at Paris, there's a place there that's set apart, like the Holy See, and that, in other words, that's a separate part of the sovereign nation part. And that's how they've set these things up with people. They can't touch them in there. They're above the law. You know, they're talking now they're going to sue these people or put these people in jail. See, they have the, many of the people that work for them, the FBI agents and all these, they believe their system. They want to believe their job, even though the Lord says, come out from following these people. Don't be a part of their army. Don't be a part of their deception. But I can tell you that they don't understand. I've been in meetings that are over top of them. And, you know, it's all deceit. It's all crookedness. It's all evil. And they all report to the Crown Trust. They serve the Crown Trust, not the United States of America. All right. In the wording, I talked a little bit last night about the queen in Revelation, all right, Isaiah 28. Um, when I was talking there, in, it said in verse 13 that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught. That's the same as Luke 21, 34 to 36, where he says we're all caught in a snare. It's that transgression. We brought this on ourselves and we will not repent because we do not see that we will not have him write his law, which is in his words, in our heart. It's not the words per se. You can speak words all day long. It is when you understand them in the pure language of the kingdom of heaven, in the way that the Lord speaks them, in the way that the promises of the Father are enabled through them. Because it's those promises of God that matters. Otherwise, it's nothing. And it's the spirit of God, the omnipresent full measure of his Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, that's in his words, that does has all authority and power to accomplish what he says they will do, Isaiah 55, 11, John 3, 34. Now, it goes on, it says, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord in verse 14, Isaiah 28. You scornful men who rule this people who are in Jerusalem. And understand that preachers are ruling over the people. They're giving them guidance. Ruling is teaching. And if you're not teaching them the way of truth and the way of knowledge of truth, you're not teaching them in the way of Jerusalem because Jerusalem is the city of peace. And peace only comes by being obedient to his words and his instruction and loving him. You don't love him if you don't understand his words and therefore you don't have peace with God because he tells you in John 8:47, if you will not hear his words, you're not of him. So you don't have peace with God. So you're not of his city of peace. Don't fool yourself. It says, because you have said we've made a covenant with death, the words of the world, and with Shoal, punishment of the kings of the words. In other words, the arrogant ones, the kings. It says that the kings are the ones in Shoal that are being punished. We are in agreement. We're walking after the ways of the world. The preachers are going after the politicians in Washington, D.C., even though he tells them in Revelation 18, 1-4, don't do it or you'll receive of their sins and a share of their punishments which is the plagues. We're in agreement with that. He says, when the overflowing scourge passes through, it will not come upon us. This is the arrogance of them. They believe that, oh, we're going to be set apart. We're going to be, you know, the FEMA clergy management team. We can solve this. They will not hurt you people. Just like the rabbis in the time of the, uh, the Holocaust. Oh, don't worry. They're work camps. No problem. Go in there. It's going to be good for you. That's what they're going to tell the people this time. Look, there's no food. You've got to go there if you're going to get food. Even though they're going to give you these vaccines and filled with these toxins and stuff that's going to kill you, go there. Even though they have gas pumped into the floors, it's okay. And I spoke to a preacher who spoke to generals in, in Washington who tells them of these things, of the prison camps and the gas and all the rest of it. They know it, but they're not doing anything. They won't, they won't even come out and speak. What, what good we can do? What power do we have? Speak the truth, the knowledge of truth. God will protect you in these days if you do it. And do not fear your life here on earth if you will not save the billions of people that God is counting on you to make known the truth to. Because you have said we've made a covenant with death and with soul, we are in agreement. When the overflowing scourge passes through, it will not come upon us. For we have made our lies our refuge, the words, the Amorite law. 
This is what he's talking about. The sins of the iniquity of the Amorites is not fulfilled. It's not completed yet. We're still receiving the words of the world system and the governments, which are lies. They're based on admiralty law, which is based upon twisted words that we think the words mean one thing and they mean something totally different to those who are judging us. That's why the judge always has to ask you to agree to these things. Are you this person? Are you that? It's a contract you're entering into. But they try to make it sound like, oh, this is a normal law procedure. We have to do this for the record. Yeah, for the record. For the contract law record. It's a merchant law. It is not common law. It's lies. And under falsehood, we've hidden ourselves. We've joined the DHS FEMA management emergency clergy team because, oh, we're going to save the people. DHS, I've told you, was in the original meetings with these people before it was formed or before it was put before the government to be approved. They were already operating it, and they openly stated in a meeting set up by President Bush, they openly stated that they were approved and budgeted by the Crown Trust. Rothschild has to approve everything. He controls all of the treasuries of all the nations. They can't spend money without his approval. He's the king of the north, the king of the world, because he controls the gold and silver for the queen. Now, remember what they, it says under falsehood, we've hidden ourselves. This is very similar to what I told you about in Isaiah. I think it's 27, uh, maybe it was 47. I can't remember where it was at right now. I don't, I guess I didn't put it down here in my notes. Anyway, yesterday I told you about the fact that he tells them that um, they they have, uh, oh, in, in 20, it is in Revelation 18, 7, it says, in the, in the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow, for she says in her heart, I sit as queen and I am no widow. Well, that comes right back here where it's saying that same thing in Isaiah 28, 15. Basically, that's what you're saying. And the Lord tells us, and I closed my, Bible. I had the scripture open. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, I don't think I can find it quickly, so we're going to have to um, miss it tonight. I had that scripture open earlier, and I closed the the book because I thought it was done here. Um, but anyway, it tells you in there about the widow, and maybe I have it here in another place. Let me see quickly. I have it open. No, I don't have it open. I'm very sorry. But he talked about the widow in Isaiah. Uh, it's the same thing. What the Lord is talking about is the fact that they say that um, they will not be a widow. And what he's talking about in that is that we are all brides of Christ. And he's the king. So what the queen is saying in Revelation uh, 18, uh, what is it, 7? It's uh, Revelation 18, 7. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure gave her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. In other words, they're completely filled that the, their king, the devil, his words are strong enough to get them through. That they can tell the Lord, this is why they're Amorite talkers. They are like Amorites. And that sin, it's called the sin of the Amorites. The sin of the Amorites, the sin of the talkers. They speak the words of the dragon and they believe that those words are higher and greater than God's words, which is an absolute lie. He says that his words will never end, that the flood of the dragon will be ended. He says they will go to perdition. And that's why she's saying that she's a queen and she will not be a widow. She says that she's appointed, she has dominion. And, you know, that's why she says Regina, which means uh, queen by birth. In other words, right of dominion by birth. And she does not have that anymore because God has taken away the dominion of this beast kingdom away from them. So the law of the sea treaty that she signed secretly with all the leaders of the nations is null and void by decree of God the Father. Romans 13 says we're only to follow them whom he has appointed. But at this time, he's taken away the dominion. And he tells us, read Revelation 18.1, from the time the words are open, dominion is, they're fallen. And in the morning he gives dominion to his son. And so now dominion has been given to Christ. We should allow him to come 
because the only way we can allow him to come, he's coming to make confirm a new covenant, which means to write his words in our heart. We're supposed to be set apart from the world by his words, but then he's going to cause us to receive it and do the great sword, which is the way of the words of wisdom. That's what the great sword and the second seal is all about. We're supposed to receive it. He's been made it available for this time for us to set ourselves apart and let him come and circumcise our heart, writing his words in, in our heart and removing the words of darkness. This is what it's all about. And that's why she's saying that, that she will not be a widow. And what he's saying is, no, he, you know, the devil's not the victor here. I am. I'm the king of kings and I'm coming and you are a widow because you're no part of me. You cannot have a part in him if you're not set apart from the world. If she would turn and repent and stop all the evil that she's doing, just like God tried to get the Pharaoh, but she's not doing that. She even had the Lord sent a, a person uh, to her in a bedroom. He translated a person there and spoke to her and she wouldn't turn. So we see this. And they will not turn. They even had the words sent to them back in 2009 in March. And they said, oh, it's not the time for these. They didn't even seek to understand what they were. They, they understand words are coming, but they think it's their own words that they're creating. They're creating a new religion. And they're going to say it's based upon some great language that they've discovered that goes all the way back to before the flood. And they're calling it the Noahide laws. They call it the Edenic language, the language spoken in the Garden of Eden that had all the power and authority because they said the likeness of the Garden of Eden is coming, but not for them and not for that language. The language that's God is a pure language that's explained in the Bible completely, and those words are openly shown. They, the works of God throughout the Bible are done as a testimony to those words and the works of God, the promises of God that they enable. And it's always done in the way of the seven spirits, and it's always done to testify to the plan of God that we might see good and turn away from the evil that keeps causing us to fall because now is the time to allow him to write his words in our heart i pray that this has been helpful and i pray that it might uh, dwell on this and understand we must overcome this great transgression we must understand that the only way this is ever going to end is if we allow him to put his words in our heart that overcome all the darkness so it never ends there enters there God is light in his, if we put the omnipresent spirit of God in our heart with his words, in which have the full measure of his uh, uh, spirit in them, then darkness can't enter there. It is blocked. Satan can't enter there. And therefore we want to do that. And that's what we must do to overcome the, the world, to overcome the four evil spirits of the devil. Those things that he listed in Revelation 15 too. I pray this is helpful. I pray that you'll meditate on it and take it to the Lord for confirmation or even instruction uh, in whatever way he guides you about this. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.